a better world. So let's start with a question that a lot of people are asking these days. What should be done about income inequality? Inequality has been proven to be a problem for economies, and it's a problem for countries, and it's a problem for sports teams. That's Rosabeth Moss Cantor of the Harvard Business School. She trained as a sociologist, but is best known today as a management sage. One of the striking things about sports teams on losing streaks is that losing teams often had stars, just like third world countries have rich people. Even though most people are poor, losing teams have stars, even though the team isn't winning. The difference is that the stars look out for themselves. They feel no obligation to lift up the other players, to teach them, to include them. They only care about their own record. Just like rich people in an African country can take their money and go park it in Switzerland or the Cayman Islands and not care about lifting up their country. Whereas on winning streaks in countries as well as sports teams and companies, generally those at the top feel some obligation toward the education, the training, the development of people below them. So just to make things work well, inequality doesn't help. And then if you have a lot of people who feel left out of the system, well, they do get angry and they sometimes surprise you with their feelings, but also they often go passive. They think nothing could be done to change anything. And because of that, they're not very motivated and nothing does change. It's a compelling argument, to be sure, but not everyone shares Cantor's views on inequality. It's definitely the kind of problem that we should just worry a lot less about. Brian Kaplan is an economist at George Mason University. So again, like the main predictor of living standards of not just most people, but the poorest people in a country is productivity in that country. Countries that produce a lot of stuff aren't just good places to be rich or middle class, they're good places to be poor. You know, so when, when people complain about people being left behind, well, you know, like, you know, China's got 1.3 billion people. Sure, someone's going to be left behind in there. But is it better to be poor now in China than it was 20 or 30 or 50 years ago when people are starving to death? Uh, you know, there is really no question. So you know, it's only by going and, you know, forgetting history, forgetting comparisons, and then searching through a vast number of people to find a sad story that we can forget the big picture, which is really what we should be doing at all times. And what is the big picture? Not that we can find something that happened that is bad in a world so vast we can't even imagine it, but saying like, what is happening overall, you know, what is what is the general trend, and how can we keep the general trend good? Again, it's a reminder that overall, the prosperity curve is still rising. But still, as some countries and people become incredibly rich, isn't it natural to try to close the gap beneath them? A few months back, I had a chance to put this question to Sir Angus Deaton, an emeritus professor of economics at Princeton. Deaton won a Nobel Prize in 2015 for his analysis of consumption, poverty, and welfare. I'd love to talk for a moment about inequality, the degree to which it is inevitable, perhaps the degree to which it is desirable, and the parts of it we should worry about and those we shouldn't. Well, that's a great question. I mean, I just spent last week in Davos being asked nonsensical questions like, how do we kill inequality? You know, how do we remove inequality? And, you know, I'm just not sure that inequality is the right concept in that it has so many sides to it and so many causes and so many effects that focusing exactly there 
doesn't seem to be the right thing. In fact, I just got something from some social organization today, which said we define inequality as stagnant wages, you know, which is a very, very odd definition of inequality. I mean, inequality, you know, is about the spread to some extent, you know, the dispersion. So taking it from there, I think there's always going to be some inequality, at least in the worlds in which we live. Um, there is this interesting fact that for most of human history, in which we were all living in hunter-gatherer bands, there appears to have been almost no inequality. And yet from farming onwards from the Neolithic Revolution, there's been a lot of inequality. And, you know, even in the perfect Rawlsian world where you're trying to maximize the welfare of the worst off, you would need some inequality because otherwise the worst off person like everybody else would have nothing. So, I mean, that's just a simple economic story as to why there ought to be some inequality. If you go all the way back to the Athenians, there was the question as to whether...